Warm greetings to you all this morning from the Church of South India, where I'm working as a pastor for the last 30 years almost. I think through Reverend Seth and Stephanie, I'm sure that you are quite aware of the Indian context. India is a country with uh, diversity. That's why we normally we say that the slogan of our country is unity in diversity. Myself and my wife, we are here only because of Reverend Seth and Stephanie. They were with us 23 years back in 2000, 2000 when I was pastoring in our main church in Trivandrum, the capital city of Kerala, one of the beautiful states in India. They spent their summer vacation for their uh, training, practical training, almost three months with us. I, that, I think that was a good exposure for them Maybe they might have faced a lot of problems, challenges, and all, but at the same time, they got a lot of insights, experiences. That was the foundation for uh, Reverend Seth and Stephanie, I think, what they are doing today that comes from all these kinds of insights. All those days are still fresh in our mind. We have a lot of pictures, and from that time onwards, we are keeping our friendship through our emails or uh, other messages and all. For the last one week, we could stay with them. They treated us as their family members. So we are thankful, we are grateful to Reverend Seth and Reverend Stephanie of course, to Reverend Amos. Apart from that, we are so thankful to the congregation. Many of you invited us to your homes, treated us well. So very thankful to your hospitality. Here is a man it's not an exaggeration. Here is a man not preaching the gospel, but doing the gospel. You won't see such people, I, I, no, I, hardly you see in India, none other than Reverend Seth. He's the best example for us. I'm not, uh, uh, no, no accelerating all those things. Is that true? Then, by seeing all the activities here, what a wonderful work you are doing. I should appreciate for that. I have met some other pastors, some other churches, even in New Jersey, 
And all those people, they are saying our church is something dry, it's a dying church. Day by day it's coming down, declining. But our family, the Reformed Church of America, Highland Park family, you are growing day by day. God is strengthening you. God is using you for thy for his purpose, effectively. So for that, I am appreciating the congregation. Each and every member, each and every family of this congregation, you are all actively participating in God's mission. As we heard this morning, this month is particularly something special. For all of us, we consider this month as a Black History Month, or from my context, from my perspective, I would say this is something subaltern history. Subaltern history. We live in a world where the world is disturbed, distorted, discrimination, division, defilement. It's a common thing everywhere. Even in India, it's more, I hope. Caste, color, creed. These are the criteria that we see and treat the people. Wherever you are, whether you are in Asia or in Africa, in America or wherever you are. See, what is the ministry, what is the mission of the church in this context? Of course, there are many people, they are working hard to remove all these kinds of divisions. Overcoming all these kinds of divisions in our society. We have some extra examples in our history. If we look at our Indian history, the father of our nation, Mahatma Gandhi, he was a man who worked hard to bring up the people at the lower strata. If you look at the African context, Nelson Mandela, who worked hard to stop this color discrimination. In our context, Martin Luther King Jr. was another prophet who worked hard. So there are people God inspiring with his power even today. Don't look at others. They are the people, those who are sitting here. You, me and you, we are the people. We are working hard for the community. So we have a lot of legacies in front of us that 
you know, inspires each and every one of us. God is our refuge and strength. Whatever difficulties, crisis that we face, see, God is there. It's not imagination, but it's a reality. Throughout our prayers, we heard that God is our strength and mighty power. Two small points I want to share at this point. My first point is, God is the God of the weakness. The weak people, the meek people. I am trying to connect your conducts with my conducts. Missionaries from Europe and America, they came to India, where the people, the ordinary people, they were in utter poverty, superstitious beliefs, no education, no health care, living like something like animals. So the missionaries came to our land and shared the God's love with us. Reformed church missionaries, they came to South India. Missionaries from America, the Baptist missionaries, they came and spread the gospel, shared the God's love in many parts of our northeastern part of India. Missionaries from Britain and other European countries. God is a God of the weak people. That is the reason why I am standing here. Our history goes back to 200 years back. The London Missionary Society sent their missionaries to South India. Some parts of South India, of course, there were uh, missionaries from Reformed Church also. And they shared the gospel with us. They tried their level best to bring the community to the forefront. We got education. We got freedom. Social liberation. Human rights. Through God's message, through gospel, through the love of God, the weak people, they got strength. The meek, they are in the front line. In our prayers and our readings, some of our brothers and sisters they mentioned Black Church. History of the Black Church. I won't say Black Church or the history of the Black Church. I would say history of the people. History of the church. That is the history of this nation. You can't separate 
you can't separate history of the church or history of the black church or history of the black people. That is the history of the nation. That is the history of God's people. God is working through, or God is strengthening the weak people in our society. God's presence is with us today and still God's power is inspiring all of us. My second point is God is the liberator. He strengthens us. He giving us, he's giving everything in our life, all the blessings, even though we face crisis in our life, he is there. The second point is God is the liberator. He liberates you from all kinds of clutches, all kinds of chains. We were in chains. God liberated us. That history that we see from Genesis. See the history of the Israelites, the chosen community. When you come to the New Testament, you see how the ordinary people, the lepers, the sinners, the so-called sinners, lepers and other people, how they were liberated. Today's our scripture reading, particularly from the gospel, Mark, uh, Mark, uh, gospel according to St. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 39. There are two, three examples that clearly shows us the liberation process. It's not just uh, preaching the gospel. It's not a verbal exercise, but it's something more. We are all part of that liberating process. Reformed Church of America, Highland Park, is part of that God's liberating process through an effective leadership. I want to share you four things here. Number one, Mark chapter one, verse 29 to 39. Verse 29, let me read that verse for you. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew. They left the synagogue. Liberation is not, don't misunderstand me, is not in the sanctuary. You should go out. They left the synagogue unless and until you are not moving out from the sanctuary, liberation cannot be happened. Sometimes we think that, okay, I'm going and sitting in the church, attending the nine, nine o'clock worship and 11 o'clock worship. Okay, that's all. I'm giving everything. My tithes and my contribution, offer to everything. Perfect. We need to go out of the sanctuary. Jesus and other disciples, they left the synagogue. You need to see the people. You won't see the people inside the synagogue, inside the church. 
get inspiration, power, everything from the synagogue or from the sanctuary and move out of the sanctuary, left the synagogue. How many of us can go out, move out from the sanctuary? So most of the time we are comfortable within the church. This is the uh, case I'm saying in our context. People will come, hundreds of people will come, thousands of people will come and attend the worship service. And we will say, okay, we should go and meet a sick person. We should go and help another man. Nobody will be there. Only the pastor will be there. Go out of the sanctuary. Second point here. Now, verse 30. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with fever, with a fever. Identify, recognize the needy one. Simon Peter's mother-in-law. I have a lot of problem with this uh, usage. A person without name. A lady without name. No, name gives the identity for all of us. If you call Gladstone, then I will look at you. If I call Seth, definitely Ravan Seth will look at me. We are popular. We are known because of our, through our names. But here, a lady is not a man, again. So if you interpret all those things in a theoretical way, theological way, there are a lot of things to say. A lady, a person without name. That means a person without identity. A person without any address. God calls us to go out of the sanctuary to meet such kind of people. That's what we are doing. It's wonderful. Ravan Seth uh, explained the other day, there are people coming here, no papers, no documents, nothing. We have our own address, we have our own government records, all those things, papers and all. A lady without name, without identity, without a place, without a space. God is the liberator. The third point. Verse 31. He came and took her by the hand and lifted, giving hands to such kind of people. See, this is something important the time, during the time of Jesus. Most of the time in our area, in our place, we have this caste system, high caste and the lower caste. The, low, the high caste people, they won't touch, even they won't look at the lower caste people. Touching somebody is something great. 
A loving touch can communicate so many things. In Jesus' time, the Jews, they won't touch the leper. They won't touch the dead body. They won't have any kind of friendship, fellowship with uh, tax collectors and that kind of groups. But Jesus touching, giving hands to this lady. Dear brothers and sisters, God is love. You are loving us, we are loving you. That's why we are touching each other. Jesus touched the untouchables. I don't think I need to teach you the New Testament stories here. Jesus touched the lady. That speaks to us something significant. Fourth one and the final one. Verse 31. And she began to serve them. A context of fellowship. See, by touching her, she could stand up. She was weak. She was sick. But Jesus touched her, then she healed. And she started to serve the community. She started to have fellowship with one another. That, that was the context created. Liberation process is a process of creating fellowship. Fellowship in terms of spirituality, in our mental life, in our physical life. God is the liberator. Go out of the sanctuary. Recognize the people without names. Give your hands to them. Have fellowship with them. We are coming to the Lord's table today. God is sharing his body and blood, everything with us. So we are called. We are commissioned to continue this ministry in this world. I'm not saying that you are not doing. You are doing. You are doing. I, I want to appreciate for that. So we are creating a new history. History of the people. History of the nation. Through all our activities. May the almighty God grant us his power to continue this ministry in this world. Amen.